Unfolded episode three of season two. I'm your host, Eric. My main man right there, Ron. How are you tonight? I'm doing okay. All right. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So uh, as usual, ton to go over. So we're going to start off right with our leadoff story. And our leadoff story is more of just the discussion of the NFL playoffs. So the divisional matchups are this weekend, uh, Cincinnati Bengals at Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers, the Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll start off, we'll talk about all four games, kind of where we're at, what we what we think, what we're looking at. We will make our predictions at the end of the show. Uh, let's start off with the Bengals uh, at the Titans. Um, this is, this to me, this is a toss-up. Uh, first of all, I think Cincinnati plays better on the road. So I think that Bengals are five and three on the road this season. Oh, well, I stand corrected. Tennessee, (laughs) Tennessee was seven and two at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Tennessee on paper looks like the team, you know, to that should win the game. But there's still something inside of me that's like I do not trust Tannehill to to be able to to beat the Bengals. To be honest, yeah, with a, lot, you. a lot of people are sleeping on the Titans. Um, the fact Derrick Henry has been cleared and it will return for the game, so that's that's pretty big for right. uh, obviously the Tennessee Titans in the running game. Hendrickson for the Bengals has been cleared. He should play as well. So their top pass rusher should be back and able to perform. I started looking at the numbers. And when I started looking at the numbers, I didn't realize. So the Bengals all season have had 72 penalties, Tennessee 103. So you talk about from a discipline standpoint, if the Bengals can keep this game close, obviously they perform better under pressure when it comes to penalties. That could be a major impact. Tennessee as well is 25th against the pass defensively, whereas Cincinnati's 7th overall passing offensively. So if Cincinnati, which we know has an extremely potent passing offense, they can if they cause this game to go into a high-scoring affair, to me that hurts the Titans. The Titans want to control the ball by running <coughs> it, keeping the score low, controlling the clock. It's really going to make a difference of which team can actually – have their impact on the game that they're trying to perform. Yeah, it comes down to um, basically who's going to get their game established. And Tennessee obviously wants to run the ball. That's that's the obvious. Yeah, without thing. a doubt. But fifth overall rushing uh, offensively. So again, one of the top five teams in the league rushing the ball. Right, and, and it probably would have been higher if and you, and you if think Henry about yeah, Derek Henry, yeah, didn't get hurt so. And again, t- Tennessee, 24th passing, not very good passing, but you've also got to look Cincinnati's 26th overall against the pass. So they're not good defensively against the pass. It really is going to matter. Again, which team can implement their game plan to perfection? And then can Tennessee not hurt themselves by, by having uh, unforced having penalties? Right, and this is this is where this is where I lean towards Cincinnati, because if Cincinnati just uses their high-powered offense with the passing game, you know, 
and they put up numbers, that's going to force Tennessee to have to throw Change the ball. Thinking. Yeah. And I don't like their chances. I really don't. And I think Cincinnati can come up with a turnover or two with, with Tannehill having to throw the ball if, if that comes down to it. And I just think Cincinnati can put up the points. It should be a fun game. It should be a very fun game. Let's look at the 49ers at the Packers. If this is a tough game to pick because, again, if you start looking at San Francisco, six and three on the road, the Packers were eight and oh at home. They didn't lose at home this season. No. But Green Bay's also performed poorly in the playoffs the last, I believe, five years or six years. They've lost six home games. And Aaron Rodgers has not beaten San Francisco. No, so again, oh, and three. And, and then I looked at the numbers. Again, uh, San Francisco needs to control the turnover f- factor. They've had 24 turnovers this season versus Green Bay's 13. Green Bay will not turn the ball over. San Francisco needs to make sure they don't make costly uh, turnovers that are, end up giving Green Bay more opportunities on offense. We know what Green Bay can do offensively. Eighth overall passing, 18th rushing, but 10th in the league. So Green Bay wants the ball in their hands because they know they can put points right. on the board. And the big name that everybody's going to be looking to is Bosa. Yeah, which is he has, Bosa going to be able to get in? They said he's cleared to play, which is good. That's a good sign for, for the San Francisco 49 It is. They need him on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, Garoppolo should play as well. Now a separated shoulder along with the thumb. That scares yeah. me because, again, now you know San Fran wants to try to run the ball, keep the ball – play action. If you're going to force Jimmy G to try to win the game for you, especially with the injuries, I don't think I look Jimmy G's in a good quarterback, right? He can get things done, but I also wouldn't want to put the game in his hands or on the, on his shoulders. He's one of those guys. Um, and, and I'll compare it to Trent Dilfer when, when he won a Super Bowl. as long as you don't make mistakes, you're not hurting the team. So if he's just, you know, doing a pass here and there, you know, and getting moving the ball and doesn't turn it over, doesn't, you know, fumble or any of that, if he just maintains the the game, he can he can win. Yeah. 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 But the moment that you have to put it in his hands that's where some trouble can can happen. And against Green Bay, that's a tall task. Randall Cobb comes back for the uh, Packers, one of his favorite targets, obviously, when they brought him back. Yeah. Um, so a lot of plays are coming back. Question mark would be, does Green Bay, again, fail at home? They seem to struggle at home. This is a team that San Francisco, we all know very well, that can end up turning it on. And, and yeah. being spectacular. They're, they're a solid defense. So this is a good team. This is a great matchup. Uh, to me, Aaron Rodgers' legacy holds a lot of weight based off of this year's playoffs. This is his first test. I right. think there's more pressure on Aaron Rodgers to win than there is, obviously, San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're already, you know, in gravy, you know, because they they took out Dallas. Dallas, yeah. 
you know, and so now anything that happens in their favor is great because people aren't expecting them to get very far. They weren't, look, most people weren't expecting them to beat Dallas. And I know there was a lot of people that at the last minute jumped on the San Francisco bandwagon, you know, but most of the people out there thought Dallas would win that game because of the quarterbacks. Yeah. And it turned out it was completely different. And the thing I like about this weekend, all those home teams, they're not safe. All of them. No, agree. Agree. <laughs> yeah, not, none of them are. We're going to see some great football this weekend. Yeah, we should. We definitely should. So that brings us to the the other NFC matchup, and that's the Rams-Bucks matchup. Yeah. Obviously, a ton of concerns right now for Tampa Bay with the offensive line. And right. the importance of them being healthy right now doesn't look like they may have two of their starters. Right. Um, and in the last two years, they've had actually the most collective snaps together. Right. So not having two key pieces on the offensive line That's with Aaron Donalds, with Aaron Donald, Von Miller. You think about what that defense can do. You saw what they did against Arizona and bringing the Absolutely. pressure. Tom Brady has to figure out how he's going to be able to look. Tom gets the ball rid of the ball quicker than almost any quarterback in the league. But you well, have he does. to. It's actually right? he was the top. Yeah, right. So you've got to look at the fact that how can they make sure that they're able to to because we know Arians likes to throw deep and have those shots. I don't know if yeah. that's going to be available in this game. Yeah. Can Tom can can they dink and dunk their way to a victory? Well, I think they're going to use the running game a lot. Um, yeah, Fournette's back. Now they said Fournette I, is back. I know, I know, you know, they're, look, they're very capable of running the ball. Yeah. Very I, capable. Yeah, 26th overall in the league, though, this year. So they haven't been effective running the ball offensively. So Right. But it's because, you know, Tom Brady is back there and they throw the ball because yeah, look yeah, at the first weapons in the league. they had. They're the number one passing team in the league. Right. Number one passing team in the league. So, this look, is where I'm starting to wonder, though. Is it all about Tom Brady, or is it more about the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense? So well, the Bucs defense, come up big. 21st overall against the pass. Los Angeles was fifth passing the ball this year. We know yeah. the, the capability is passing the ball. Cooper Cup, OBJ, Jefferson, they have a lot of weapons on that side of the ball, and obviously they like to sling it. Right. Can the Buccaneers defense step up? I'm not as worried about the offense with Tampa Bay. I'm more concerned with can the defense actually contain the, the Rams enough so that it's not turning into this 45, 40 plus, you know, uh, right, each right. Exactly. team has to score. Exactly. And, and, you know, like like you said, you're not worried about the offense. And I got to say, like, the key player in this game, I think is Gronkowski. Gronk could have, be very Because important. he's going to have to get those shorter passes to somebody and it's got to be a big guy yeah. because he needs to to have that length, you know, both height and to the right, to the left. You yeah. have to have that length so that way he can he can throw the ball. You know Tom Brady can place the ball where he wants. Yeah. So Tom Brady is going to look for those quick passes because he's going to have to get it out like 2.1 seconds. Yeah. That's what he's going to – that's – that's what he can do. So 2.1 seconds, Gronk needs to be ready. 
and it's going to and a lot is going to fall on Gronk's shoulders because of the fact of that defensive line that the Rams have and yep. so so there's that and on the defensive side of the ball if they can't contain the the receivers for for the Rams they're going to be in for a long long yep. game so the Bucks that's just it's insane yeah bucks were 7 and 1 at home LA was uh, 7 and 2 on the road so there's not even really much of a difference in the matchup when it comes to to home to road uh, uh, again, being outside versus indoors for the Rams may be slow them down a little bit when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. But this game is very hard to call. And I'll tell you, there is a, another key factor in all of this. When you look at the quarterbacks, when push comes to shove, who do you trust more? Obviously, you would touch, trust Tom more. Right. But – the thing is, again, we all know Tom Brady struggles when pressure's in his face. Oh, I know that. We've I seen it that. in the Super Bowl against the Giants. We've seen it when he had to travel to Denver with a, with the New England Patriots one year, yep. where the, you know they just couldn't seem to to protect him Look, enough. They have three good tight ends. They're going to use tight ends to block. Yep, they're going to have to. They're going to have and, to make sure that they they you know throw that part of the ball up, the pass rush of the Rams, or this could be a long game. It's right. going to be a fun game. And that's why I say Gronk is going to be a big part of this because he's going to block, take a couple of steps, turn around, try to get that pass, and then yards after the catch, hopefully. That's so, what they're, they're going to look to. Yeah. So the last game, and again, when we talk about all three of the games, and they're very tough to call, the Bills-Chiefs game, to me, is probably the hardest game to decide who's going to win this game. Because yeah. – when you start to look at it, Buffalo has the number one defense overall in the league. We yeah, know they can discount, shut down. You can't discount that. Yeah, you know? Right? We know they can shut down. But the Chiefs have slowly turned that offense into something that it, it isn't about just one big play at a time. It's about they've learned to dink, dunk, and, and keep it short so that Mahomes isn't, you know, creating turnovers. It, but both <laughs> teams, if you look at it offensively, Buffalo fifth overall offensively, Kansas City third offensively defensively the number one defense kansas city 27th and that's that's the this is the this is the key factor right here okay so look if you if buffalo has that great defense okay they're gonna eventually shut them down you know at least a few plays make a couple stops yeah can kansas city stop them at all because i'll tell you if you get into a, a, a gunslinging contest, I think Buffalo wins. It. I I think Buffalo has the advantage because look, <clears throat> and then Kansas this City hasn't been effective <clears throat> downfield this year. Yeah, and if you look at it, they're twenty seventh versus the pass, twenty first versus the rush. So it's not even like you say one side they're at least stronger. We know right. Josh Allen with his legs can do it. We know he can do it with his arm. Yeah, uh, we know they have the receivers with Diggs and Gabriel. Uh, you know, to to honestly create some havoc, you know, in the passing game. I I think Kansas City's in trouble. The only plus for this is Buffalo's 5-3 and three on the road this year versus 7-2 and two for Kansas City. Kansas City's played pretty well at home, and Buffalo has not looked as good on the road. So if there's one thing that could help Kansas City is the fact that it's in Kansas City, and it, Arrowhead is extremely tough to play in. Right. Those fans, those fans are... are 
uh, allowed and, and can create some havoc. But again, all four of these games we will predict at the end of the show. So let's look at uh, some, we'll move on to the NFL and we're going to talk about one of your favorite coaches. I know you love this guy. And why do you do that? that? Because I know you love him. So we're going to bring him up on the screen. We know you love it. And I, I wanted to make sure I got this shot for it. And that is Bruce Arians, the head coach. Of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, it makes me want to smack you. <laughs> you want to strike me like he struck safety Andrew Adams during the wild card game against the Eagles this past weekend. The league has fined him $50,000. Do you think that was a fair assessment for what he did? Or do you feel like the league could have? Well, I look at it this way. Dak Prescott got got fined twenty five thousand, which which we will discuss afterwards. Yes, like, is it only twice as bad as that? <laughs> so I looked at it in one aspect, and maybe it's me, and I'm I'm trying to 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 think about how it would have been if the player had hit the coach. And to me, I think that's where the disparity is. That the league would allow a coach to hit a player, regardless of the situation. Arians was trying to tell him, like, you're going to get a penalty, cut it out, and however he wants to try to spin it. But if a player had hit a coach, to me, it's more than a fine. It's suspensions. You know what I mean? It's probably multiple suspensions. So what allows a coach to hit a player? Nothing. It it, it shouldn't be done. And I I, look. And frankly, if I was the player, I'd probably turn around and Right. Punch him and, in the face. And, and and to Adam's credit, he walked away from it. But we talked about the Antonio Brown situation a couple weeks ago and what Bruce Arians possibly said to, you know, or did to Antonio Brown. And again, with Antonio Brown's no saint, and we, we've discussed that. Right. But Bruce Arians, to me, starting to seem like he's just a little bit off kilter. There's some things he does to me that is is borderline you know, when it comes to how he treats his players, what he says. I'm not to even his sure players, it's borderline, Eric. I, I think it's gone over the line. Yeah, to me, the league should have suspended him for at least one game, at least. Yeah, and and I I to me don't condone anybody striking anyone. So if this was a player, to me, a player probably would have been suspended for six to eight games for hitting a coach. Right. But yet, a coach gets fifty thousand dollar fine, which again we know the team's going to pick up. So, I, to me, is that really a penalty? No, it's not. That's the problem. Dan chimed in, leave Antonio alone, and now Bruce. I, we just call him the facts as we see them. That's Antonio right. Brown, we thought was was probably the, the the issue, and it might not have been. It might have been a lot of what Bruce Arians does and continues to do. Yeah, so I mean, first of all, we don't even know you know, what the collective bargaining agreement is on, you know, telling a player to leave. Yeah. You know, so, like, is that crossing the line? You know, yeah, okay, so you can just bench him, but you can't just, like, tell him to leave. Can you do that? Get the F out of here? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about that other suspension. So you brought it up. Dak Prescott right, was fine. Fined. Uh, did I say suspension? I'm sorry. Fine. Yeah. The other fine, $25,000 for Dak Prescott making some comments about the fans and how he agreed with them throwing trash at the referees. He has since apologized for that. 
uh, but the league still decided to suspend him. Do you, uh, A, accept the apology, and then B, um, overall think that the fine was uh, acceptable for what uh, Dak Prescott said or did? Um, first of all, I don't even know if I accept the apology because you you did the damage. You know, you did the damage, and then you have all those fans throwing things. And let me tell you, I saw some video where it was actually hitting their own players yeah, was, with no uh, refs was, around. I think they were they were honestly throwing it at both the refs and the players. <laughs> right. And and I don't think saying. it was just targeted the refs. What I would yeah, say is not. this, and I'm not – listen, we've all been around with the malice in the palace. We're all old enough to remember that and what happened. And that started with a fan basically throwing a bear at Ron Artest. And then Ron Artest going into the stands, and we all know what happened from there. Right. But what I would say is this. When a player comes out and basically tells the fans to create some sort of situation and agrees with it, yeah, we know how fans are in the sports world and how they end up. Honestly, there's certain fans out there that just can't distinguish themselves from from reality. And and you're telling player you're telling fans to basically attempt to hurt players or hurt yeah. referees. And that's well, to me was unacceptable. Well, the whole fact is, you know, he's wrong. Face he was clearly wrong. He was look. He's, he doesn't know the rules. He, he stunk in the games, right? He caused them to lose. And I have yet to hear him apologize for the way he played. Right. How about that? How about right. apologizing for your errors and the and, things you didn't do correctly? And the coach is just as bad because he didn't know the rules yeah. either. Mike McCarthy needs to get fired, but that's another story for another day. You know, it's just showing that Dallas is a joke. So and would no you have suspended like, would you have suspended Dak Prescott if you were the commissioner? Or do you feel the no, fine was acceptable? No, I think a fine was was right. Um, maybe not twenty five thousand. Yeah, but it's gonna throw a six pack at us for our comments. Uh, we would definitely take a six pack at this point. <laughs> I would too. Yeah, <laughs> depends um, on what, gonna, depends on what it is. But if you're gonna throw a six pack, it has to be you know a good beer, maybe some Yingling or some Sam Adams. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't, I don't want a six pack of like Bud Light. No, no. I mean, if you want to just throw a bottle of uh, Captain Morgan at me, I'd be okay with that as well. Well, yeah, that would be good too. <laughs> um, so if you're Yingling or Sam Adams or, you know, Jack or something like that, you know, if you want to sponsor us, you know, just get just get to us. And here's yeah. the email for it. You know, because we, we do Dead like – to rights would take the captain. Like Dead to rights would take captain. Thanks for joining Dead to rights. We got some captains out there. There's a captain in all of us. There is. There's a captain in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move on to our triple play. You guys get Narragansett. Come on, Dan. Oh, come on. No. 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 Get out of here with that Dan. guy. Narragansett. Uh, so let's look at our triple play. And so how we figured out this triple play. And this is a very difficult one. And you're I'm glad you're first this week. Because I don't know if I could how I, I you know even came up with mine. And I'm hoping yours makes more sense. <laughs> All right. So, so the see, top. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, the, yeah. so the top three uh, receiving yards so far in the playoffs are these three individuals, and that would be Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, and Travis Kelsey. So we have to figure out who we're going to start, who we're going to bench, and who we're going to cut out of these three individuals. 
Okay, so at first, I need to know if we're just talking about this playoff season. I, I did it for the or year. Or career. I did it for the year. I did it for this year. Okay. This okay. So with that being said, I go with Kelsey. I start okay. Kelsey, start, and start this perfect. is why. Okay, Because go. out of the eight teams that are left, there are only two tight ends that stand out, and that's Kelsey and Gronk that really stand out. That gives you an automatic advantage for matchups. Automatic advantage. Not to mention the, you know, the 9,000 plus yards that he's already accumulated in his career. You know, not bad. Um, so I take Kelsey as the starter because you already have an advantage with that. Here's where it gets really difficult because you got Mike Evans and Jamar Chase. I would lean. Oh, God, this is so hard. I'm guessing I would probably lean towards Evans because of the experience factor, and he's won a championship already. I, he's not going to have those rookie mistakes. Not that Chase is having those rookie mistakes either, but I got to go with what I know in his career and playoff time. So I got to go Mike Evans. Therefore, I cut Chase. And I know Chase with those 81 receptions and 1,455 golden yards. Mm -hmm. 13 touchdowns. 13 touchdowns. I mean, I know, but this is playoff time, and I got to go with the known commodity. All right. So Dan Dan said, never mind. He wants to bench run. Um, so I... I start a little different. I am starting Jamar Chase. Again, those 81 receptions, 1,455 yards, and 13 touchdowns. The element he brings to the deep game and just the way he can change the whole complexity of how you pass the ball. But I benched Travis Kelsey, and I kept Kelsey. 92 receptions this year, 1,125 yeah. yards, nine touchdowns. But I also like the fact that you can use him in the running game Right, you saw him throw the pass, right? So the trick plays. Kelsey yeah. gives you a lot more options, which means I cut Mike Evans. Seventy-four receptions, a thousand thirty-five yards, fourteen touchdowns. So out of all of them, the most touchdowns. But I also feel like he's not—he hasn't been as healthy in the last couple of years as these other two. Uh, like obviously, Jamar Chase is a rookie, but Travis Kelsey as well. Mike Evans has missed some time, and I don't know if he's always going to be available for me. So that's why I cut Mike Evans. That's that's makes sense, but you know, you earned I'm, a narrow right. answer with that comment. Dan but, is on you today, Ron. I, I don't care. <laughs> it just shows his lack of knowledge of football. Whoosh. Now we're attacking the fans. <laughs> Dead to rights thought we were on Halo. This is not Halo Infinite. This is Sports Unfolded. Uh, but we have great sports talk. Continue to watch that. Don't don't don't. Don't uh, jump off on us. Um, let's move on to some NBA. And I know how excited you were when you saw this come through the newswire. And the Boston Celtics have begun to make some trades. So the team, they're, gonna, they're making moves, man. They're sending yeah. Juancho Hernandez Gomez, Gomez to the Spurs in a three-team deal. I mean, this, 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 this should make the Boston Celtics a contender now in the East. 
They have acquired Bol Bol and PJ Dozier in what is considered a salary cap move. So That's, is Bol Bol, his first name is Bol, and, and his, his last name is Bol? They're both Bol. Bol Bol is his name. So, so it's very hard to, to, to not get it right. His name's Bol Bol. The team's going to save $4.3 million towards the cap. Ooh. How excited are you about these moves and what the Boston Celtics have brought to the table? Okay, so Brad Stevens. <laughs> Here we go. What this, this, Brad this, Stevens. This snowball is going to be massive. Before this trade over. said he identified what the Celtics needed. Apparently, like I said the other day, that he identified that he needs to go already. Already. What if he identified as they needed to pick up guys that are literally never going to play for the team? Look, like <laughs> he's making a mockery out of the Celtics already. Like he's not, hasn't even been there a full year and it's already a joke. The team is a joke. When you get, when you get offered, you know, Ben Simmons for Brown and some other pieces going, you know, both directions, you know, and then you say, no, no, we're keeping Brown and Tatum together. It hasn't worked for this many years already. What do you not understand about running the Celtics? I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then you pull off this trade to save $3 million? Really? Four, three four million? Three. What is that going to do? Four point three. Oh, four what I was say, what I would say is this. Um, I I honestly when I when I heard the move at first, I was like, oh, okay, you know, a couple role players, but then I realized they weren't gonna play for the team. Uh if you are a Boston Celtic fan, and I, I Ron, I agree with you, I'm tired of hearing about this. You cannot move Tatum or or Brown. And that's been discussed already. Uh, uh that it's already been put out there that the only the only guys they won't talk about in trades are Tatum, Brown, and Williams. And I'm looking at this and saying, okay, well, Williams is an undersized center who has potential, but honestly isn't a star. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, this experiment, we've we've talked about this at a, a, a numerous amounts of times now. They're not the two that are going to get the job done. And yet somehow... These are the two guys you're not going to get rid of. Okay, so all you're telling your Boston Celtic fans is this. We're going to keep acquiring players that are going to help us reduce our cap so the team saves money, but we're going to put a product on the court that obviously can't win a championship. That's what right. you've told the fans now. Yeah. And if any fan, and if I hear another Boston Celtic fan tell me about how I'm, I'm crazy for wanting to trade Tatum or Brown, I don't think you really want another championship. You don't want another banner in Boston. All you want to do is be complacent with two guys that are going to average 25-plus points a game but never win anything for the Boston Celtics in this city. Right. Right. And we identified this last year. Yeah. And, 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 all he's and then doing they is made the change, and it's the same results. We can blame this is what we talked about. Yeah. You can blame Danny Ainge for making bad moves and having contracts, and now you're trying to get out from under that. But do you honestly feel like Brad Stevens is going to bring in a player to to help the Boston Celtics next year if they have money for it? I don't trust any confidence that the, he understands what this team needs to do. They, he's going to bring in a player, again, like a Kemba Walker 
or a, a, an attempted Kyrie Irving or one of these guys that we've already seen them try to do in the past and it didn't work. Yeah. When are they going to do something different? Okay. So what is the requirements, the job requirements of becoming a Boston GM? No really experience depends. whatsoever. Obviously the owners want to save money, save money. It has nothing to do with the product you're putting on the court. I, yeah. I truly believe that at this point. You cannot be satisfied with a 500 team and tell me that all of a sudden we're just going to sit there and be okay with that. Yeah. And I, that's I, what I they're know. doing every year, every single year now. Like uh, I, I'm at the point now where um, basically there's no point in the season. Oh, they, it, it's this is a waste, another waste of the season. They'll make, they'll only make the playoffs as one of the top 10 teams just because the East is, 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 uh, accessible for them to to possibly at least get in. But after that, if you look at it, what what's going to happen? Yeah. Another playoff loss, another another, you know, one and done. Uh what they do next year, we're going to try to pick up a third guy again. Absolutely. And, and, and it's not going to happen because they don't want to they don't want to get the right player. Like their their answer to everything was getting shrewder. Yeah, Schroeder. Schroeder's been phenomenal for us. Yeah, everything's great. That team stinks. That team stinks. But let's talk about another team. Uh, and if we could try to bring him up. I don't know if you're having some uh, technical difficulties. You're a little frozen on my end. Oh, that's not good. There he is. But that is Russell Westbrook in the Los Angeles Lakers. And so here's another team. When we talk about the lore of the NBA and some of these these great teams, the Boston Celtics, the Los Angeles Lakers. And now we're seeing it again. The Lakers are struggling. And they've decided that they're going to bench Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter if he's not helping them contribute to winning. Do you agree with that move? And do you think this is going to ultimately work out for the Lakers? All right, so wait a minute. Let's let's back up first. When they had that three-game losing streak and then they yeah. won a game and they were all the headlines were they're back on track. Did the they win the next game? I love them. Gotta love them. They did not. Right. So back on track? Back on track for what? <laughs> like the Lakers just I I don't I don't even know what to like what what Westbrook is doing right now is my exact thoughts. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? Look, this is this is clearly this is clearly uh, like when we talk about the Lakers because of, you know, LeBron. Look, we all know LeBron is making these teams. Everywhere he goes, he's creating the team. He's like, he wants this player, this player, this player. That's what's that's what's happening. Okay, well, guess what? LeBron is not the GM, and he is not. He is just as bad as Brad Stevens, to be honest with you. He doesn't know how to put together a team. You know, it, it's all it all revolves around him. And I don't understand, you know, what the what the point of having faith in, in this team. Like yeah, they're not going anywhere. But ultimately we talked about it again several times about the age and where they're at. And I just think that they expected to be able to turn it on at any given point. And I don't think they can. I don't no. think Russell Westbrook is a good fit for this team. 
Uh, he wants the ball in his hand. So does LeBron. Uh, so does Carmelo Anthony. Our Anthony's been notorious for not wanting to pass the ball and taking shots. LeBron James wants to control the ball. Now you got Westbrook who wants to control the ball. So to me, I think they finally it's finally coming all to fruition where it just wasn't going to work. The, the problem is they can't get out from under these contracts. So they're kind of stuck with what they have. Do you think, so I think they're eighth overall in the West, though, when you look at it, realistically, they could still win a championship if the pieces can figure out how to play together. They're not going to win a championship. They're not going to win. Like, you can't just turn it on and expect, you know, great results. We, we've already seen several times this year where they say, oh, we, we turned the corner, we're, you know, we're rolling now. Well, then you go into another losing streak, and then what's your what's your excuse? You know, it's the same thing we hear over and over from from you know this team. It's like, oh, we're turning the corner. Oh, we're back on track. You know, no, you're not. It's just not happening. You know, look, the other teams have caught up. They've passed. There's there's so many players now that are are beyond the LeBron James thing now. Yeah. Well, ultimately, uh, I think you got to start to look at He's He's aged. He's played a lot of basketball, LeBron. Do I still think he's one of the top 10? I would give him the top. He would be in the top 10 in the league. But I would also say he's not good enough to carry a team anymore. And if these other guys aren't... He was ever really able to carry a team. Like... You know, it's like, okay, great players make others better, okay? Everywhere that LeBron has gone, he doesn't make anybody better. Look, when he had, when he got Kevin Lowe on his team, he made him worse. You know, he was worse. He Like, Kevin Love was one of the best players, you know, shooting and, and scoring-wise in the league at the time. And then he just decimated him like he was nothing and it's because it's the me factor like lebron james has to have everything go through him and it's a team game you have to pass the ball and i don't mean those you know those token passes so he gets his like six seven assists in the game i'm talking about legitimate passes at the right times and not at the time where, you know, you need a clutch shot. Oh, I don't want to take it. So let's pass it. You know? Yeah. That's look, I I don't, I don't respect LeBron James's game. Like I I know he's one of the best players of all time. I know that. He is. I know that. He is. But his team game sucks. It but I also really think you got to listen, the errors can keep continuing to change. And because of social media and how things are portrayed now, I, I also think that he gets, um, you know, more scrutiny than he probably would if this was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, but I also agree with you that I don't think that the teams he's trying to put together – Again, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, if it was five to seven years ago, this team would be unstoppable. Right. 
today's game, and again, with a, an Anthony Davis who's your best player who cannot stay on the court due to injury, you can't expect to win if you can't have your top guy on there. LeBron right. James is not the number one guy on this team anymore. It's Anthony Davis. And if Anthony Davis can't perform, then you're, what you're seeing is Russell Westbrook trying to do more than he should have to do because he's not that player either on this team. Yeah. You know, so, it's, it, look, what it comes down to, Eric, is that these teams, they need to stop letting LeBron James dictate who they put on the team. Yeah. That's what they need to do yeah, because well, LeBron James, I would never want him as a GM. Yeah, no, never. He, I mean, he is he is running the Red Sox, so be ready. Um, so let's look at uh, the NHL. If you want to bring up that hit, um, the Boston Bruins defeated the um, Washington Capitals last night, but suffered a, a apparent injury to Brad Marshan in that well uh, in that win. Uh, Garnett Hathaway uh, checked Marshan into the boards from behind. Uh, I will ask you this. First, do you think it was a legal hit? No. And then B, if Marshan is out for uh, several games or weeks, how much of an impact will it have on the Boston Bruins? Okay, so if it's a couple of games, it'll hurt, you know, in the short run because uh, they do have a tough schedule right now. They're in the, midst, in the middle of a uh, five-game uh, five games with teams with winning records. So – it's going to be tough, but if it's long-term, it would be devastating. And then you almost have to guarantee the Bruins will have to make some trades um, short-term. Now, given this, DeBrusque last night scored a goal and an assist in his spot. You know, I mean, when you're playing with Bergeron, I mean – Good things are going to happen, right? And hopefully, look, it brings up it, it'll bring up the stock for DeBrusque, and they'll get more in a trade for DeBrusque. And you know, with with a lot of things happening, and I'll go more into a, a potential trade after we talk about the next guy. Okay. Um, but they're going to be able to pull a trigger and and get some some help but you know long term without Marshan I mean you you're losing one of the best players in the league I mean yeah, as so, simple as that so look we we saw them uh, <laughs> underperform the other night against Carolina right right underperform they didn't perform yeah, right and then you see them against teams that they should be able to win um and and dance like don't trade DeBrusque. I think that's a great call, right? At this point, I, I don't DeBrusque. think I wouldn't want. I don't to. think they can pull it off because I think they're going to need him. And I think like, they. Really I'm hoping he though. changes his mind. Like I really do hope he changes his mind because I think DeBrusque is a really good player, and this is part of what I get on Cassidy for because he is a young player. He's only been around, you know, like three years, yeah. four years, and. Yeah. You know, and it's like he's always in the doghouse, but if you don't put him with talent, how can he get the goals? You know, if you look, he's played with a lot of center icemen that are fourth liners. They're not going to be able to get him the puck and let him do what he wants to do. You've got to, you've got to put him in a position to succeed. And being with Coyle, it has helped. 
now going with Bergeron, that is tremendous. And, and I would actually would welcome when Marshawn is back, having Marshawn on the left and put DeBrusque on the right. I would like that. But then what do you do with Charles, with Craig Smith? You know, so, yeah. you know, it, it's somebody's got to be with um, somebody's got to be with with coil and that can get some points. Yeah. So yeah, um, look, look, that Boston Bruins can't afford to have any injuries right now, especially long-term. Um, I was just more curious about the hit too. Did you say you, you thought it was a clean hit? No, it was not a clean hit. It was not a, it was not a clean hit. So, um, so I just think, I just think it should have been a penalty. Um, it wasn't egregious, but it was a penalty. I mean, he went head first into the boards. And, gotcha. you know, when you hit him from behind, that's what happens. You so know? let's talk about uh, be possibly coming back. Um, now the Edmonton Oilers, I guess, is a, a rumor uh, that he has agreed to a deal for like $1.5 do you think this changes the landscape of the NHL with Evander Kane on the Edmonton Oilers? No, no, it doesn't change anything. It just takes somebody, it takes a player away from a veteran team that could use his skill. Now, I don't know if this is going to be what Edmonton needs. They already have enough problems, you know, with, without, being able to outscore anybody right now. Um, and this is what happens when you, if you can contain, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, yep. you just you just shadow them and try to contain them with your best centers. And if you can do that, you shut down Edmonton. It's, it's, it's clearly that simple. So do you feel Kane doesn't give him that third option now as, as a scorer? Yeah, it gives. Of course, it gives them an option, but you know, it's look. If you can't keep the puck out of your own net, what good is it? Yeah, you know, like yeah, they so, need to go out and get a defenseman. That is not what they needed. They had scoring. You needed a defenseman, a top four defenseman that could be shut down. You know, you you they have to play better in front of their own net, like. Yeah. If if a team comes in and knows how to forecheck, you know, like the Rangers, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston, Calgary, the list goes on, Colorado, you're going to struggle. And they're even losing to Seattle, yeah. <laughs> Ottawa. Yeah, know, teams they can't that stop they anybody. Are better than, yeah, no, I got you defensively. Um, so, again, to me – I also question um, the character of the individual and he's still under investigation now. Cause I guess he traveled while he tested positive for COVID-19 right. in cross country. Right. Uh, so, problems. so again, he continues to bring, there's a lot of baggage that comes with this player and how much of that affects this team. Uh, how strong is McDavid as a, as a leader uh, to control it. And right. if he can't control them, then this could go really bad for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we'll have to see how it all turns out. 
Um, well, he's eligible to come back, I believe, on Tuesday if everything, if he clears right. well, uh, the investigation piece. Here's, here's why I was saying we'll talk about a potential trade. Um, because of Edmonton signing him, there was talk that Jake DeBrus was going to go to Edmonton because Louis DeBrusque has a lot of ties with the Edmonton Oilers. That That's his dad. Now, with Evander Kane there, that takes that off the board. So that is no longer an option for the Bruins really to trade him there. Now, what it does set up, it does set up with San Jose, who now needs a left winger, and Hurdle is on the trading block. And now there's speculation that DeBrusque and somebody will be packaged to get Hurdle. And that would give a second line center for the Boston Bruins. Mm. And that is very noteworthy because it would be a perfect fit for both teams. So it's just a matter of who goes with the brusque. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if you enjoy what you're watching, uh, check us out. We're live every Friday night at 6 p.m. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. We're live. We're fan interactive. If you chime in we will definitely respond uh we've been having a great time with dan today um who's who's uh joined us live uh you can follow us on social media at sports unfolded on facebook and twitter at broadcasting ri on twitter sports underscore unfolded on instagram check us out on tiktok on t smooth 73 uh as well so uh, opportunities there to see some of the tiktoks uh podcasts Amazon, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. If you don't have time to watch, listen to us. And if you're in Southeast Connecticut, SEC TV, Public Access, Channel 12 on uh, Comcast, you can watch us every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. It's a rerun of this show on Friday. And then obviously chime in on Friday nights. So, um, Ron, you were moving there for a second. It was nice to see. But let's go on. Well, I'm not the issue. Actually, you have one red bar. It's showing far on my end. Uh, and okay. you're the one that is frozen on the live feed, I believe. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's shown far on my end. I don't know. Um, should So the face-off is, should the NBA find teams who only make trades for salary cap reasons? So it doesn't improve the team or it isn't an attempt to improve the team or get players. It's more about salary cap. Would you Are you for that or against that? Well, seeming Dan has has had a lot to say today. Uh, let's see who he thinks should be for. Dan. Lieutenant Dan. You guys, you guys are therapy. therapy. Okay, you. so with therapy, but get to the get to who is for fines for teams that only make trades for salary cap reasons. He's been on Ron today. He loves Ron. Loves him some Ron today. Okay, so you got you no pick answer. it. You pick it, Ron. Uh you go first. Okay, so so I will be oh God. I, I will be against fines. So no fines. So you, I no am fines. for them finding teams for it. Okay. Go ahead whenever yeah. you're ready. Okay. So first of all. There is a fine line on what oh, you can boy. prove. I can't. 
I'm glad that you're not moving a, right now. A cap cutting move. Uh, you just you just can't you just can't dictate what the reasons for the trades. And look, hey, if you're trying to cut cut your cap down, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it sucks for the team fans. You know, the fans again are well, the only ones that lose in every situation. I'm glad you said that. So that's so this is where I'm heading with it. They've been times now where players are just resting because uh, are being benched for rest. Right. And fans right. are paying for this. And right. now legitimately are allowing teams to make decisions that honestly have no bearing on the team whatsoever. If you know you're picking up a player that A is injured, B won't play for the entire season, but it's only obvious because it's for cap. Why not find that team even more? To, well, to allow them I don't think it do should this? be a fine. I think it should just not be allowed. I think the league should be able to nullify a trade that is for that reason. I don't I think it should be a fine. I think it I, should just be nullified. Yeah, I think that I, and I understand what Dan's saying. Look, the team should have the right to make decisions that obviously they're still running a business. I right. get that. But yeah. at the same time, I don't understand how the league will allow teams to just say, well, we know this guy isn't going to play and we know why you're doing it. If there was a, a questionable injury where, Hey, he could be back in a couple of weeks. And then we're going to, we're going to explore how the player is. I get it. But you're picking up two guys that you will not see on the court. Don't even know how they would perform with your team. And yeah. now basically know at the end of the year, you're cutting. Like to be honest with you, and it should be in all leagues, every sport. If you are injured, I don't think you should be able to be traded. I don't think you should be able to be traded. It should take you off the board. Look, if you're not going to count towards the salary cap while you're injured, then why should it count? You know, for you to be able to trade an injured player. Yeah. No. You know, it, it should not be even allowed. It should. Look, be this, allowed. this Boston Celtics trade is extremely upsetting to me, and I that's the only reason why we did this face-off. But let's yeah. move on. Let's move on to the pick and roll because it's just ridiculous what the NBA allows teams to do. The pick and roll. So it is our third episode of season two. So we decided to go with famous number threes in NBA history. And those five players are Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Tracy McGrady, and Ben Wallace. We got to rate them from five to one. You are first this week. Ron, you go pick and roll. All right. So number five, I have Tracy McGrady. Because I don't consider him eligible to be number three. He only spent two years as a number three. Oh, I only had him as one year as a number three. So, okay. And it was probably like one and a half, yeah. technically. Um, so, I don't, it doesn't matter what his numbers are. So, he's number five. So, with that being said, the, the four players, they're really good. Uh, at number four, 18.2 points. Uh, 4.5 rebounds, 9.4 assists, and an actual true uh, true point guard. And I got to say, you know, you look at the All-Stars, 11 All-Stars, Rookie of the Year, uh, 10 All-NBA, 9 All-Defensive player for N NBA, um, no championships. And I put him at number four, and it's Chris Paul. Wow. Okay. 
Number three. 26.7 points, 3.7 rebounds, right 6.2 assists, 11 All-Stars, MVP, going on? Rookie of the Year, four scoring titles, mm -hmm. seven All-NBA, yep. all the accolades in the world at number three, number three, Allen Iverson. I, I, am, I am in shock right now. You have shocked me. Um, no championships yeah number two <laughs> which you criticized me before the show for I hating did, i did i did that's why i said 5.7 points per game now you look at that and they're like why mm -hmm. well why is 9.6 rebounds he's got four all-star games five-time all nba six-time all defensive player Four Defensive Player of the Year, one championship, Ben Wallace. The yep. championship that that was the oh, that was the key. Here. That's the that's what put him against ahead of Allen Iverson. And of course, number one, Dwayne Wade. Twenty-two points a game, four point seven rebounds, five point four assists. 13 All-Stars, Rookie of the Year, 10 All-NBA, 9 All-Defense, oh, sorry, 8 All-NBA, yep. 1 scoring title, I was reading somebody else's, uh, 3 championships, 3-time All-Defensive Player, uh, Dwayne Wade, number 1, those championships, that spoke volumes. And what he means to a team outside of those numbers is is far and away you know incredible no listen um you're pretty wrong I'm i am not gonna, wrong i am gonna i'm not uh, wrong your last your number five pick i agree with you tracy mcgrady i had him at one year at number three i can't count him as a true number three right at four should have been Ben Wallace, so 5.7 points, the 9.6 yeah. defensively, what the he did. Well, only four All-Stars, all five All-NBAs, one championship, two rebounding champs, championships over the, all -time, uh, the total rebounds for the year. Chris Paul, number three. Nope, no championship. 11, 11 All-Stars, 10 All-NBA, nine All-Defensive Player of the Year. So how do you not put him at number three? Allen Iverson has to be at two. And again, the only knock on Allen Iverson is the championship. 11 All-Stars, seven All-NBAs, four scoring titles. The man dominated. Look, I'm taking a guy that has championships. That's that's. Hence, Dwayne Wade, you're right. It should be Dwayne Wade is your best number three overall in the NBA, in NBA history. 13 All-Stars, eight All-NBAs, three NBA titles. So I would give it to Dwayne Wade as your number one. But there's no way Allen Iverson is not number two. Yeah, yeah. I'll There's take no Ben Wallace. Sorry. It would make no sense to me. I can't. These like, I love Allen Iverson as a player, but if you're not going to win a championship, then what good are you? These arguments for you sometimes. I don't get it. If you enjoy what you're watching, check us out every Friday night at 6 p.m. We are live. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter 
at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Don't have time to watch? Check us out on our podcast on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify, through Rhode Island Broadcasting. If you're in Southeast Connecticut, SECTV, Public Access Channel 12, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. We rerun this show, and then you enjoy what you see. Check us out Friday night, 6 p.m. And now, if you'd like to sponsor go... the show, and oh, if you'd yeah, like yeah. to sponsor the show, reach out to Rhode Island Broadcasting, email him. He'll give you all the details on what it would cost and uh, what we would be able to do for you from a sponsor standpoint. And that's the the email on there, rhodeislandbroadcasting.media at gmail.com. Check us out. We can sponsor your your businesses, and we can definitely do some things for you. Ron, what were you going to say? Okay, so, Dan, I know you're out there. Um, if you can tell me if either of us are frozen on your screen, that would help. Because I'm trying, I've been trying to to figure out the technical difficulties. For all I know, we may not even be frozen at all for the people at home. So if you can tell us, it might just be us, um, because he's saying that I'm frozen and he has been frozen for me. So, so if you can post that up there. So we are going to. You guys are not frozen. Jeremy's joined us as well. Thank okay. you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate that. So as long as it's good for you guys there, that's, that's what matters. That's perfect. And Jeremy jumped in just in time because I know Jeremy is a Tennessee Titans fan. So we are going on to our predictions, and we're going to bring up that chart right now and just show you where we stand so far for the year. So after three weeks, our predictions, we are tied. We are tied. 15 wins, six losses. 71%. Kenny has chimed in. Kenny has given me his football picks for this week. So Kenny's numbers will change. He's given us all four games. But if you look at that, we are pretty good. 71%. 71%. I am I am uh, pretty impressed overall with our prediction so far. All right. So, so make sure you guys predict with us as we go along. We'll so that way you can get on this chart as well. Because I would love, you know, 20, 30 more people on there. And I know at the end of the year, there'll be something for one of the fans. You know, I, I know that will happen. Um, fold, baby. And me and Eric have a little you know, personal our own game. personal <laughs> bet on this. So yes. the loser will have to wear attire of the other person's team of choice. Yeah. So like he can make me wear a Montreal Canadian, you know, like, you know, uh, a Jersey and hat, and that would be devastating. So I do not plan on losing and I will make him wear something as well. Yeah. He's not decided which team yet, but yeah, I haven't decided because I know he really hates Miami. But I hate Miami too, so it wouldn't really be pleasing to me. But I know he loves the Yankees and having uh, a Red Sox, uh, having Red Sox yes. on him yes. would look just perfect. Oh, yeah. I got the colors right now. Yeah. All right. Let's go That's on. Perfect. Prediction time. Prediction time, my friend. So Saturday's games. First game, Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Okay. So I have to, I have to win. So I can't just pick with my heart. Yes. Oh, this is these are so hard games. Ah, 
Oh, God. There's going to be one upset. So I'm going to say it's going to be Cincinnati. So you are picking the Bengals. I am going Tennessee. And I just think the return of Derrick Henry and the, the fact know, that they can I'm control saying, I'm the ball. I'm risking it right here. They're going to keep the offense, Cincinnati's offense, off the field. Who did Kenny pick? Kenny uh, picked the Titans. He picked the Titans as well. Uh, Dan obviously thinks the Titans suck. I already know who Jeremy picked. So Dan is going with Cincinnati? I believe he is. Well, he said Titans suck, I would think. Let's. What about the second game, NFC, San Francisco at Green Bay? I'm going Green Bay. You went Cincinnati on the other game? Correct? I, I went Cincinnati, yeah. All right. Just so I got to make sure I mark this right as we didn't agree. Yeah. Titans winning it all. Jeremy's got him going all the way. Who do you, who you got for San Fran at Green Bay? Uh, I got Green Bay. I agree, Green Bay. Dan has San Francisco. Dan is going San Francisco. That's not – I was thinking about it. It's going to be a tough game. It's a tough game. They're all tough games. I, they I, are. They're all tough games. Sunday, Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, you know, my heart wants to say Tampa Bay. I'm really worried about that offensive line. Yeah, me too. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. Tom Brady's run ends this week. And it fits because I predicted the Rams would win the Super Bowl, you know, at the beginning of the season. So Jeremy has picked the Rams as well. So far, we're doing all right. Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Dan picked TB12. Uh, I'm going Buffalo. Woof. All right. Buffalo. Oh, my God. All these visiting teams. Oh, this my God. Tough. I am going Kansas City Chiefs. I think they do just enough to hold on. Uh, I'm so. gonna I'm gonna have a rough week. I, I, there's no way three road teams are winning. Three road teams. Wow. Jeremy's got the Bills. All right, Jeremy. Me and, and you Dan, ride or die. And Dan's got the Bills. Yeah, Dan. All right. All right. So we've got we got some fun. We're gonna have this chart. It's gonna be updated. It's gonna look pretty good. Let's look at uh, NBA action. Uh, the 21st. So tonight, Chicago Bulls at the Milwaukee Bucks. This is going to be a good game. Uh, Bulls have some injuries, though. Bulls have some injuries right now. What's the injuries? Uh, I think Lamelo Ball's out for sure, um, and Le- Zach Levine, I'm pretty sure, is out as well. So I'm going to go Milwaukee. And that's right, I did. I did after the injuries. <coughs> Dan's going Milwaukee, so Dan agrees with us. All right, I like it. Utah Jazz. On the 23rd, are facing the Golden State Warriors. They're at Golden State. Oh, my God. Last week, I just told you I would never pick Golden State again. Yeah. Yeah, because they've let you down now several They've weeks. let me down twice. But I can't. they're going to be home. I'm picking Golden State. I'm going to go Golden State as well. I think they need to snap out of it. GA, I'm going to assume that's Golden State. So Dan's going Golden State as well. NHL action on the 24th. The Los Angeles Kings are at the New York Rangers. Okay, so with the New York Rangers, they they beat up on everybody else in the league except for the teams that are elite. 
So I know LA has a winning record, but they are not elite, and I am going the New York Rangers at home. I'm going Rangers as well. Dan's going Rangers. Let's look at uh, the Los, Los Vegas Golden Knights on the 25th are going to Carolina and playing the Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm not betting against the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes right they now. Look, they look so good. They, they, they're, they're good. Boston. They're good. I agree with you. So we have two games of difference, and that's going to be the Chiefs and the Titans. So both AFC games, depending on how they finish, could make a difference for next week. You did win last week 2-0. And for the record, you went six and zero uh, with all the NFL predictions last week. So great right. job, I did. Dan, Dan is going with the Vegas Knights, so that's awesome. All right. So as we normally do, how we finish each show, uh, we do our final thought, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports related. It can be about anything going on in the world today. Ron, you are first, my friend. So your final thought. Um, my final thought has nothing to do with sports. It has to do with the passing of Louis Anderson and Meatloaf. Yes. Look, like, I grew up, you know, back in the days of the 70s and 80s, and Meatloaf was a big part of that. Yeah. You know, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, one of the best songs ever made. Um, easily, I don't know, I'm putting a number on it, maybe top 15 songs of all time. Um, it, that, that hurts from, from, you know, my childhood and, and I know when we did our year ending show and we read off all those names and a lot of them hit home and it was very emotional and, you know, losing, you know, Meatloaf and losing Louis Anderson, who is an absolute hilarious man. He was. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it, it, it hits. It hits. So I want to wish condolences to their families and hopefully that they get through this difficult time. Um, it's just never easy to lose, you know, icons of any nature yeah. that we seem to be losing a lot of lately. Yeah. Unreal. 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 Great points. And you know what, Ron? I would do a lot for you, but I wouldn't do that. I'm just going to tell you. I have oh, Jesus. Yeah, there it was. That I was would that. do anything <laughs> for love. Uh, but so, I won't do that. There it is, baby. And then now you've probably just lost us some fans with that, that singing. No, that just Titans brought us find. some. Jeremy and Dan are going back and forth. on the, uh, Jeremy's got the Titans versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. Titans can't find LA is what <laughs> Dan came back with. Those two, I love you guys have been great tonight. Uh, yeah. So my my final thought is actually another uh, passing, and that's Louisa Harris. And people may ask, who is Louisa Harris? She was a pioneer. She was the only woman officially drafted by an NBA team in 1977. Uh, she was drafted by the New Orleans Jazz in the seventh round, and has been the only female female that has ever been drafted by an NBA team, male team. Yeah. Uh, so, again, a story that wasn't really discussed, but she was 66, a pioneer, if you think about what she's meant for the sport uh, of basketball. Uh, she's been elected to the NBA Hall of Fame and the Women's Hall of Fame uh, for basketball. So she's done and so much. So. so much. 
uh, for the sport. Uh, a story that honestly, I didn't even know there was a woman ever drafted by the NBA. And it's sad that you find that out once she's passed. Uh, yeah. So the NBA really needs to do a better job of honestly telling this story because it's something that's never been seen before or seen again. Right. Um, so I just wanted to say to her family as well, condolences uh, from the Sports Unfolded family. And what a great honor to be the only woman to ever be officially drafted by an NBA team. So I thought that you was. You know, with that being said, um, I feel like I need to also mention Willie O'Ree. Um, oh, Willie O'Ree, yes. Yeah. From his Boston, number Boston was Bruins. retired by the Boston Bruins. Yes, eighty-six. Um, eighty-six now. Yes, he was the first African American to play yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, and he to this day is still, still working in inner cities all across the country and in Canada. You know, for the NHL to promote the game to inner city kids, and the man is an absolute legend in the, you know, the NHL, like every, everybody that meets him loves him. And it, it, it just speaks volumes to where we're starting to develop as, you know, a sports nation. Yeah. No, it's getting definitely. better. Yeah. They're starting to realize better. some of the, their areas of the past and, and finally making up for them. So no, great job there, Boston Bruins. Um, I thought that was a, an excellent uh, tribute um, that they, that they did displayed um, and he was thrilled with it. And yes. again, so another he story that's the just game, been, Eric, he loves the game. And it's amazing that again, we haven't heard about these stories and now they're finally coming out, which is great to see. Maybe we can change. Maybe we can all change. And that's the hope eventually that, you know, the world gets to be a better place again. Um, so I want to thank everybody that's joined us live today. Uh, faceless, uh, Sarah, uh, Dan, Jeremy, you guys have been amazing tonight. Thank you so much for joining Sports Unfolded. Uh, for those fans that are going to watch afterwards, follow us, like us, subscribe to Rhode Island Broadcasting, to Sports Unfolded. We are doing amazing things, and we will continue to grow. Uh, we're excited. we got a lot of uh, updates for this prediction chart this week, so tune in next week. Jeremy, Dan, make sure you guys see where you stand versus me and Ron. Ron, it's been a pleasure today. I'm Always glad we could, I, I'm glad episode three in the books for season two. Uh, next week, uh, stay tuned on a Monday. We will do our um, charts for our rankings on NHL and NBA. Uh, I know Kenny is is working on that as we speak. And Ron, obviously, all your hockey knowledge and what you bring to the table, and these playoffs and NFL playoffs this weekend to get a chance to go to the uh, AFC and NFC championship. We'll see if one of these gentlemen will be a little uh, upset after the uh, the outcomes. But yeah, uh, wish... and, and enjoy the games. Just enjoy Absolutely. it. It should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, Ron, you have a great night. Fans out there, take care. Peace. Have a good night, everybody.